Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the ASAP podcast. I'm Scooney. And I'm Megan. On this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about marriage and relationships. Even though both of us are single and have never been married. Have no business talking about this. None whatsoever. But here we go. So, uh, among your peer group, all your friends, how many of them are married and how many are single? Um, or not even just fully single, I guess. Like, you could have a, a significant other, but not married. Most people that I know are coupled up. Um, a majority of them are married. Yeah. I, um... Which is weird for me. Either they're married or in a long-term committed relationship that they don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Right. I think that has become the new marriage. Just like... uh, Like people don't get... Common law or something. Yeah, it's one of those like... I don't know. Maybe it's a place of settlement where it's like, I'm happy where I am, but I don't want to say yes forever, but I don't really want to go anywhere. So let's just keep doing this again tomorrow. Right. It is nice to have, I mean, for the sometimes, right? Obviously relationships um, have their stresses. I mean, I I suppose that's true even with just friendships, Um, but it is nice to have that deeper connection with somebody. Um, And obviously the romantic side of it isn't typically bad either. But, um, I don't know at the same time, like when I hear some of my friends, um, air their grievances about their relationship or the, the nagging that goes on both ways yeah, and stuff like that, I am so happy to be single. It's nice. But, yeah. But at the same time, I do miss having that connection with somebody that companion, like somebody yeah. who wants me that I also want, you know? But it is what it is for right now, I well, suppose. See, but a lot of times I think people feel that way even inside of relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're so right. So that's why sometimes being single is nice because you get the benefit of like, I don't have to check in with anybody. I don't have to make sure that, you know, somebody knows where I'm at and um, is waiting for me to get home or do this, that or the other. You know, like there isn't an obligation to anyone other than just, you know, family and that kind of stuff. Right. Um. And yeah, and you can kind of just be on a whim of like, and if I feel lonely or I want that, I can either find us with somebody that I'm already friends with or I can find it with a stranger. Right. The (laughs) thing that sucks, and maybe this is true for guys, or maybe it's just true for me specifically. Nobody wants you when you're single. Like, and actually I've heard people say like, nobody wants you when you're single and everybody wants you when you're not. And so that's possibly true for a lot of people. Um, it's definitely true that nobody wants me right now that I'm single. Um, you know, I've got no girls banging down my proverbial door. Well, I'm sure there are girls who would bang down your proverbial door, they but just they don't know also, I exist. Well, they also, you know, they have to be your type. You have to be their type and they have to be your type. And that's always the harder part of it is like. That's why friends are awesome because you can find and make friends with people that you're just like it doesn't give up it doesn't matter how I feel like in that way towards you like you're just an awesome person and we're gonna be buddies forever you know right right um but finding somebody that you have that connection with like that deep of a you know fire that it's not going out or you're going to make it a point to never let it go out you know it takes a level of commitment too right and. I don't know. Sometimes I think we we're living in a society where like the instant gratification is such a thing. And yeah. whenever something is hard, you don't work to fix it. You just get rid of it because there's always somebody else. You know what I mean? I actually discovered here that um, it, it appears that the divorce rate is going down thanks to. And here's a shocker for most people. Millennials. Yeah. Um. 
I've heard I've heard that millennials are ruining marriage. No, well, according to the World Economic Forum here, and this was posted um, October fifth of last year, twenty eighteen. Um, millennials are changing marriage, but in a way you wouldn't expect. So. It says here, part of it says, unlike baby boomers who married young regardless of their circumstances, millennials and some Gen Xers are choosing to marry once they have completed their education, have established their careers, and have sound finances. And I guess um, between 19, um, it says in 1992, there were 4.8 divorces per 1,000 population. By 2016, it had dropped to 3.2. So the marriage rate is going down, it it appears. I'm sorry, the divorce divorce rate, rate. not the marriage rate. Um, But the divorce rate is going down. So that's kind of shocking, um, even to me. And I'm a millennial, technically speaking. Fun fact, if you were born between 1982 and 1996, you're a millennial. Yeah, sorry to burst your bubbles. You keep blaming yourself for shit. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I think what that also goes to show is people are starting to get married more for the right reasons. Right. Or at and, least they're waiting for a better time waiting. to do it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the thing is like, because it used to be so hardcore of you get married, you don't have sex until you're married. And that was really a big push for our entire society. So there were a bunch of kids getting married at 18, 19, 20 years old and then getting divorced in their 40s and 30s because they one or the other couldn't put out right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think there was a whole perceived uh, process to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you're a kid, you it's listen a to your parents, you, you learn exactly. Yeah. You get your education. Then once you're, once you're out of high school, you go to college and once you're out of college, you get, you a know, you get married, job. family, get a good paying job and you settle down and all that. And, um, and then you just coast to retirement at 60 years old. Right. Which has clearly gotten pushed back. Um, about 35 years, <laughs> but, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, obviously it should be obvious. Like everybody's different. You cannot put everybody in the same mold. You know, there are, there may only be what, 12 or something Zodiacs, which would indicate 12 or so personality types, (laughs) but there's obviously many, many more personality types out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people, you know, Clearly just started bucking that trend. It's because that, well, it's because that cookie cutter outline doesn't fit most people. It fits a lot of people maybe, but you're not accounting for any sort of individuality, any sort of opinion. Um, It's it's almost kind of a very... um, conservative view like you don't ask the question you just do it because it's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to do do. this is what society says to do so do it don't question it yeah it's um and maybe it's because we were raised by fucking hippy dippies (laughs) i don't think that like i've gone back and watched um some old videos like they they used to produce videos in the 50s on how a family was supposed to be like how you were supposed to how a young lady was supposed to act how a young man was supposed to act how a family unit was supposed to act that was back before women were allowed to say hey guys this isn't working for me because he like beats the shit out of me (laughs) all the time like i don't even get it he comes home from work and i've been slaving away all day cleaning and taking care of this fucking baby that he wanted me to have and then this motherfucker comes through the door drunk and beats the shit out of me and it's not cool anymore can we stop can i stop this like <laughs> yeah i'm sure that that definitely occurred uh more than it was like, reported and more than people wanted to believe but yeah. arguably there were some good quality relationships of that course. came out of that time and age and because i think most people are good people right not everything about it was bad you know what i mean the the whole being respectful and you know treating your woman right and chivalry I, i'm kind of you know I'm, I'm all for um feminism and women having equal rights and equal standing in this world to men. Um, you know, I don't agree. The voice part is what's finally becoming a right. Well, I've never, I've never agreed with women making less money than men just because they're women. I've never agreed with women being And that's a whole conversation too, the wage gap thing. As a second class citizen in any way, you know what I mean? Um, 
But at the same time, you know, I do have a bit of um, chivalry in me. Like, yeah, I know that you can open your own door and you can, you know, do this and pay for things and and support yourself and you don't need me. And that's the thing. I don't want a woman to necessarily need me. Um, But I always wanted to be somebody who was in a position that if you did, if the movie date was needed to be paid for or dinner or something like that, like I could do it. You want to be supportive to who you're a partner to. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. And I think it's also, but it is also kind of um, what society, like I have this, I still struggle with having this image, like I'm the man and whether I'm needed or not, isn't the question. I should be able to be this specific thing regardless of whether it's needed or not. Yeah. You know? Well, that's just, I guess that's also just a standard you're putting on yourself too. Like, I think everyone does that also. I think women do that a lot where, because guys talk about like what they expect. Like if I'm going to come to the table and I'm going to be this thing for you, I expect my woman to be xyz i I think that happens a lot still can you make pie (laughs) (laughs) you know what i have never made a pie specifically but i have enough confidence that i think (laughs) i think i could make one without setting a kitchen on fire oh we might have to write up a contract here (laughs) what do they call that a legally binding companionship Um, so marriage has been around, or at least the evidence of, um, marriage as a, I guess, legally binding thing. It says here that the first recorded evidence of marriage ceremonies, um, dates from 2350 BC in Mesopotamia. So, wow, those people really did start everything. That's where writing comes from. And, um, that was the first what we would consider a civilization started in Mesopotamia. Mm. Um, for those of you not in the know, Mesopotamia, at least in part, is modern-day Iraq. Not the entire country of Iraq, I, I don't think. I could be wrong. But at least part of modern Iraq was ancient Mesopotamia, where writing started and apparently where marriage started. And uh, they were just go-getters. I guess <laughs> what, what do you say curb. about that? So um, that's about roughly speaking here. We're what? 2019 AD um, or CE common era, however you want to define that. So that's roughly uh, 2,500 years, give or take of recorded marriage history. Or, I'm sorry, 40. Did I say 45? If I didn't, that's no, what I meant. You said 25. Yeah, I meant Wait. 45. What was it? Well, it's 2350 BC and we're 2019 AD. So it's about 20, 20, almost 2400 years, 4,400 years. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to edit this out. We're just going <laughs> to let everybody hear me not speak correctly. Work on numbers and stuff. Numbers are hard. Yeah. 4,400 years almost of recorded history of marriage. That's why we're doing the talking and not the counting. 44. Yeah, this is why I'm not a mathematician or, I guess, a cashier. Mm -hmm. This is why I talk on a podcast and drive a (laughs) semi-truck. It's amazing I can follow speed limits. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) But um, you Uh, think you'll ever get married? I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's, um... I've never thought I would. It's never been something that I've been like, I'm definitely getting married someday. Never have I thought it or like really strived for that. Um, Is that the right way to say that? I think strove is wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I think strived. Yeah. Um, It's never been my goal. Uh, I don't know. The older that I get, the more I can see the benefits of it. Not a financial benefit, but more of just like the the beauty and the symbolism of what if you really find somebody that you're like, you're my person. Can we just kind of like be awesome partners forever? It would be hard to turn that down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But if if I found the right person, I'm you know, I might do that. My loving mother doesn't think I'm ever going to get married. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I don't she actually might know right. my mom's views. I've never asked my mom if she thought I'd get married or not. Yeah, I don't know. My mom, as you know, is 
not bashful. (laughs) (laughs) She will say what's on her mind. But, um, you know, I've been engaged twice. Um, Clearly, that didn't work out. I'm not married. In fact, I am 100% single. Um, And looking looking back on it, I'm, I mean, for more than one reason, kind of glad it didn't. Um, You know, I definitely wasn't in as good of a place in life as I am now, um, both mentally and and just physically. Um, But um, yeah, those weren't the right people. And if I if I ever find that that right one, I mean, I don't. What even is that? There's like over eight billion people in the world, right? You know? I think it just has you, to be. You, you find somebody who lives within forty miles of where you live, and you're like, "This is the one." Like, kudos think, to you if that happened. I just I've... think it's like a, it's a mix of a bunch of things, though, isn't it? Like, it's a personality, it's a physical attraction, it's a it's a balance in your personality. Like, you you want to find somebody who balances out your weaknesses and who you balance out their strengths. And um, yeah. and the thing is, is everyone's fucking annoying. Every single person has yeah. something annoying about them. So yeah, everybody you al- has their idiosyncrasies. Yeah. So you also have to find um, a person who, despite their flaws, you still care deeply about them. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And yeah. Marriage. It's just it's a it's a hard thing. Any any relationship, right? Not just the marriage. Any relationship is going to take effort. You know, it's just like. Um, when when the relationship is romantic in nature or has a romantic aspect to it, it's uh, you can use the analogy. It's like a fire, right? Yeah. To keep that flame going takes work. Yep. You know, if you just let that flame burn without any effort, eventually the fire is going to go out. Yeah. And um, I think, and this probably ties in a little bit to what you were saying about needing or wanting instant gratification. People want more with with doing less, I guess, yeah. um, you know, with less required of them. And, and they think that, uh, this honeymoon phase that, you know, everybody talks about in the beginning, which if you've ever been in a happy relationship for any period of time, you've experienced, you've experienced that, that yeah. high. It is so nice. It is nice, but it inevitably, <laughs> I don't want to say it, it always goes away because I feel like for some people they, they keep, but they don't keep it going it doesn't just keep going without effort. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. just roll on on its own for 50 years. The thing you can, you can keep the flame, the spark there. You know what I mean? Some people have it instantly and keep it forever. Some people have it instantly and it fizzles out after a couple of months. You know, another interesting thing about marriage um, to me is how its purpose has changed over time. Yeah, that's uh, interesting, right? I, I would assume most people know that marriage was not always, in fact, probably for the majority of the past 4,400 years, um, it had nothing to do with love. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. Gasp. How could this be true? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, marriage... Um, for most of its history was a way to unite two families was a way to um bring the holdings of two different groups of people together be it land or maybe livestock or just anything that that culture considered valuable or even that family or like families a, like considered a training valuable. like a trading or combination of goods and Yeah, like, hey, you got cows, I got goats, you need goats, I need cows, I have a daughter, you have a son, let's hitch them together and share our cows and goats because there's no other way we could do that unless we join these two in some Uh superficial society created like because you had a bunch of you had a bunch of people spread out over a really like really wide area of land and they were like my my land goes these square miles and their land goes these square so i've got like four neighbors i don't want to fucking walk right (laughs) do you got a kid i got a kid like can, can we just like make them work together and then we'll make, make them have a baby and then we'll have that baby to work on the farm too. <laughs> Cause like, this is a really it's great a baby idea. Farm. I'm not, I, you know, fuck what the wife says. I don't even give a shit what her opinion is. This is a good idea. We got a good idea here, bro. Yeah. Like the people getting married, like your opinion of it didn't really matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't your call. I'm kind of on the fence. So part of me, like I see 
of value in marriage insofar as it is definitely making a statement to your peers, your family, your your loved one, um, to the world that you are willing to commit wholly to that one person for what you hope will be the rest of both of your lives. Um, but on the other hand, I'm like, can't you do that without all the legal documentation and the big fancy smanchy ceremony and all that? And I guess, yeah, you could, but you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Well, but and... the question is, so fancy schmancy ceremony, was that yesterday, the wedding you were at yesterday? Uh, no, it definitely was not. I mean, it was nice. You know, the bride had a bridal dress and the groomsmen and bridesmaids were all dressed how you would expect mm-hmm. groomsmen and bridesmaids to be dressed. And, um, there I was in my jeans and hoodie. I wasn't the only one. Someone there had a leather jacket on. Um, hey, they stepped it up. But, um, you know, and it was it was outdoor. It was at a park. They rented the, the pavilion where it was at. It was, you know, definitely wasn't overdone. But there were clearly still... Effort to make it look nice. Well, there were definitely aspects that are universal to just about every wedding. And they're traditional and they were probably done because it's tradition. Yeah. And I'm not knocking I, it or arguing against it for anybody's wedding. Yeah. All I'm saying is I don't know how on board with some most of those things I that, that I could be. Yeah, I get that. I guess I am a Debbie Downer. I always think about the white wedding dress. Like, the white wedding dress is some tradition, but it was a tradition of, like, rich, uppity people because white fabric was you, so expensive yeah, yeah. And, that only the richest could afford well, it. Well, yeah, and the peasants working on the in the fields, right, they yeah. weren't going to buy because... Why it, you get it dirty? You get it for a day. Yeah. And Why you would get you it spend dirty? money? Do you know how exp- you know how much like how hard it is to get money? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe my friend just rented her dress. I I don't know. Um, I didn't really. I mean, know, but today it. today it doesn't do, matter. You know what yeah. I mean? You can get whatever dress. That's what points to this is a tradition. Um, I think a lot of times there's moms who pressure their daughters into be like, you will wear a white wedding dress on my on your wedding day. Like, <laughs> you know who really screwed it up? De Beers, that's those are the those are the people that really like just yeah just took it and da commercialized. Dob beers. <laughs> no. beers. Um, those are the people that really like just capitalized on this. Well, I don't even want to say on this idea. I think they created or helped create the modern idea and picture that we have of what marriage. Um, is supposed to be mm-hmm. how it's supposed to happen you know like saving up what is it like three six or eight months of your salary to buy a ring yeah. and you know um and then you've got just the wedding industry i remember seeing uh, an interesting thing on the wedding industry about you know if you call a photographer for photos or a florist for flowers and you want those services for any old fucking get together, it would be a certain price. Yeah. As soon as you tell them it's for a wedding, wedding. the price goes way up yep. just Make because it's a wedding. The wedding tax. I mean, it is insane. And that, you know, that's kind of why now I'm sure if I sat and thought about it hard that enough. Goes, that kind of goes a lot of female oriented and male oriented like it depends on the product but it's one of those like if it's a man versus a woman version like immediately they get a price hike yeah i'm sure that there if i thought about it i'm sure there are traditions that i adhere to without even much conscious thought um but i try to buck tradition yeah for the most part i don't like doing things simply because that's just the way it's always been. That to me seems like one of the worst ide- reasons, one of the worst reasons to continue to do anything is because it's always been done that way. Unless you're, you know, talking practically. Well, yeah. you know, we uh, cook our meat because we've always cooked it because if you don't cook it, you're going to get sick. Okay, well, that's a good reason. That makes sense. You know what I mean? But well, I remember one time, um, this is not, has anything to do with marriage or the institution of marriage, but... I remember being a girl I used to date. I was with um, her and I think some of her friends. And I don't know why I was wearing a hat at the time because I don't normally wear hats Mm -hmm. um, other than like my beanie hat. I'm not a ball cap guy for the most part. But um, 
I had a hat and I was wearing it inside and they're like, oh, take your hat off. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because it's rude. And I'm like, how's it rude? Like, it's just rude to wear your hat inside. And I'm thinking, fuck that. Like, you're treating it like I'm walking around to these people's dinner tables, just giving them the finger and then sticking it in their meal. Like, that's rude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody is upset at me, if anybody is sitting at the dinner table with their family and they just fuck look over at this booth. this guy wearing his goddamn hat. Yeah, and they're like, that dude in his hat is so rude. Like, fuck off, man. Like... Is that your biggest fucking problem in life right now? That yeah. somebody's wearing a hat inside fucking Denny's or whatever? Yeah, you're sitting there like, this we food is delicious. Thank you so much. I completely appreciate you bringing me in here. And they're like, this fucking guy with his hat. I know. It's just so <laughs> stupid. And nobody, nobody could tell me why you're not supposed to wear a hat inside. Yeah. Like, where does that shit even come I've from? I've heard it's, <clears throat> I've definitely heard that I'll before. find out. Yeah, I've definitely heard that before. It's like, you know, same thing as like taking your hat off whenever you go into a building, like into church or whatever. Um, yeah. But no, I definitely have always been, when you say buck tradition, I've definitely been a, a bucker of tradition. As soon as, I guess I was like a hipster before hipsters were a thing. Like anytime anything I liked started becoming popular, like I'd discover something, I'd tell a couple people, and then like three months later, that thing would blow up. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not allowed to like that thing anymore. Right. Because now everybody likes it. Um, but the one the one thing that my mom said that is kind of, I do kind of love it. She said that I've always been fiercely independent. And I was like, you know what? You're kind of right. I, <laughs> I just do what I do. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but not not to take away from the, the discussion of marriage with this whole wearing or not wearing your hat indoors thing. I mean, it, it's still true that like with with marriage, um, there's a lot of things that are done um, and with the ceremonies and leading up to the ceremonies and everything. You know, the groom not supposed to see the bride the night before the wedding and and just all this stuff that's done just because that's how it's always been done. And hey. You know what? If you are comfortable with that and that's the way you both want to conduct your wedding, it's your life and it's your wedding. And I support yeah. you. Um, just it don't is, anybody think that I'll ever be that way. The way that I look at it is it is their day. Um, it it's, is there. Yeah. It's the couple's day. Like some people are like, it's the bride's day. Fuck that. It's supposed to be the couple's day. It's the couple's if day. If you're getting married, you should be wanting to do this together. It should be a symbol of what you want your relationship to be. Like what you want, like what foot you want to start it off on. And if you want to start it off with this big to do and you're in a big old church and you've got 150 guests or a thousand like there's people who have gigantic weddings if you want to make a show and spectacle of this and have be the center of your attention go for it or if you want to go down to the courthouse and sign a certificate and take a picture in front it's it's you yeah or if you want to Fuck you know run away thinks. to vegas and get married by elvis yeah. that's your thing so okay uh regarding the hat thing according to best life um, they checked with etiquette experts over at Emily Post Institute, the Emily Post Institute. I'm sorry. The <laughs> act of removing your hat indoors is a longtime sign of respect. In fact, it probably began with medieval knights. The Institute writes that back in medieval Europe, any knight who failed to remove his helmet or lift his visor to identify himself could face fatal consequences. That makes sense. Knights also removed their helmets as a sign of vulnerability and trust in churches and in the presence of women and royalty. Yeah, and that's so back in the times where you could get your sense. head fucking cut off. Well, that made sense, too. I mean, if your face is completely covered. Yeah. And also by removing your protective metal headgear. Kind of a you're scary saying, dude. I trust the people I'm around not to lob my head off. Yeah. So I'm going to take my helmet. And today, it's like, oh, take your your oiler's hat off or you're a <laughs> dick inside the cracker barrel. I mean, come, come on, people. Get over it. <laughs> So, anyways, that's that's my little rant about tradition. Sidebar. Um, Fuck you. Have you ever been engaged? To stay on I've the topic here. Never been engaged. You haven't. Never had a boy ask me. Just, I, I guess not. I've been in long relationships. What's your longest relationship? Total was about seven and a half years. It was five and a half. We were apart for about eighteen months. We got back together for about eighteen months, and then that was that. And then I took a long time. I had a long single stint for probably about six years where I'd like talk to guys here and there, but nothing 
remotely like a relationship where I was planning on, you know, being together with him. Um, then I had a relationship that lasted about two years and then one that lasted like eight ish months, six, eight months. Right. Yeah. My, my longest relationship and I was engaged to this person for a time. Uh, was about five and a half years with one significant breakup, um, probably lasted a, a couple months there, but five and a half years, I think is my longest relationship. Yeah. And, uh, now I've been single for coming up on two years, actually the beginning you of have a year. Lo- do you have like shorter, like, yeah, year after, two year after that, stuff? um, after that five and a half year stand, I think my next one was maybe uh, about two years and then like two, another two years or two and a half or something like that. I can't remember. See, I'm, I'm starting to get too old to do this. Cause that's the thing that I, <laughs> I have to consider. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a 33 year old lady. So if I did want to do the kid thing, I have to kind of be cognizant of like the final countdown. Right. And so, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've all got that biological clock ticking. Yeah, but y'all you know got I mean? longer. It doesn't matter. Do we? Got, do we though? Yeah. We probably do, don't we? You absolutely. You I'm can not even bust a nut. You can you. you can bust dusty whenever you're in your 90s and still pop out a kid if you really wanted to. I can have a coronal mass ejection. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's. I think that's why women take dating very seriously, and that's probably why Makes I sense. haven't dated more because it's it's. It's a numbers game. You got to talk to a lot of dudes. And frankly, you know, I just, well, it's a lot of work. I think um, evolutionarily speaking too, okay, women seek out the best quality mate. You know, you want offspring that are going to be not only viable, but are going to have good traits that allow them to survive and succeed and prosper in life. mm -hmm. Whereas men evolutionarily speaking is it hot just want to put our seed in as many places because to us because women without question women have to invest a lot more in the entire the process risk. of child rearing the right risk. yeah you carry the fetus you do and a lot of times you do a lot more than the man at least historically speaking you would and and a lot today too in raising the child once it's born you know you're the ones that have to give birth and for a lot of history and even today that puts your life at risk Mm -hmm. all we got to do is stick it dick it and roll right um so if you go back in history and i'm talking ancient history you know we we were concerned with quantity where you were concerned with quality. Yeah. You know? Um, well, actually, way back in that day, women didn't really get a say over what it well, was. Well, no, they didn't, but... <laughs> they were just I'm like, sure, take this now, no questions Well, there, there, there was definitely a point in history where, where women uh, were more subjugated. Is that the right word? I think it is. Um, but, I mean, going back to, like, caveman days, yeah. you know what I mean? There were no societal yeah, rules. that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So, a woman could conceivably deny a man and i I don't think it's the classic like you just clubber with your stick like (laughs) i I doubt that really took place and if it did it wasn't often you know women would look for the male in their group that was the strongest or the leader or something like that where men would just look for as many women that would take him as possible because that upped his chance of leaving his dna behind after he was gone you know the quality wasn't of much concern to the man as far as the child goes it was the quantity because if one of them sucked that's cool because i'm got 50 more on the way yeah you know what i mean i just i just bred a flock over there you know (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i know i know this probably sounds really crude to a lot of people and i'm definitely um not like a a history or evolutionary biology expert or a marriage expert or anything like that but yeah um, I'm pretty sure there is uh, a decent amount of truth to what I'm what I'm saying. No, I'd here. say you're pretty on par. Like it's, oh, it, it's it just goes to show how complicated relationships between men and women are. Like this, like the evolution between those genders is evolving constantly. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just based on history. Just based on the way that 
our society for a long time was run on brute force. You don't ask questions because you're the weaker one and I'll just beat the shit out of you if you don't. You know what I mean? Or the perceived weaker one, at least. Yeah. Um, the perceived physically weaker one. That's the that's the thing is like physically weaker is kind of a big driving force. Now that raises um, another interesting question in my head. Um, what do you think evolves faster, biology or society? Now, there may be an society answer to this out this there. I'm, I was leaning towards society. At this point, too. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it definitely feels like society took a long time to evolve. But when you think about, I mean, unless you're talking about um, simpler organisms like viruses or bacteria, um, stuff like that, evolution in more complex creatures, higher vertebrates, mammals, and stuff like that happens at a slower pace. But yeah. society tends to evolve pretty quick yeah community basically and us and it's just based on nothing less than the internet like genuinely the internet has created its own society of pretty much the whole world at this it point. has i think it even happened though maybe before the internet um it was starting to yeah because once once we like radio and stuff like that right right news journalism like that's the stuff that really started society moving forward the the transfer of communication on a mass scale right but i think internet is what just fucking threw the needle in the vein and threw the shit the, on the high like has without a doubt changed the world in more ways than maybe anything before it that's could have even ever true. predicted yeah um what um back on uh weddings here what, what what would be your ideal wedding like have you ever pictured a wedding for you i have not well i have a little bit i have a little bit what would be yours um see and the other thing is is it's hard for me to totally think through the idea of like what i would want it to be like because to me it is so dependent on who the other person is so it's that quality thing it's well it's more of personality thing you know what i mean like quality of personality <laughs> you're not getting out of this what do you mean quality what's that well obviously you don't want you know some shit for brains you know dude who doesn't want to be included in any way or just doesn't have you know good qualities <laughs> well see to me it's more Look, of i don't like, know you're the one who wants quality not me don't no put no, this no. On me. I, when i'm talking about it I, i'm referring more to like the personality of the person like are they introverted are they extroverted are they do they have a big family do they have a small family right are they super into one specific thing or do are they pretty laid back and chill and they like kinda... final fantasy they just love final <laughs> fantasy like that i exist for final fantasy i mean those people exist exist they do oh no i know i know they do <laughs> and dare say there may be a few of them listening to this right now <laughs> <laughs> play on um, but um no but it, you know that's an aspect that matters but to me i would want some i wouldn't want something big and showy i mean you know me i'm not really the big showy type right i i like i'm a little conservative for as outspoken and crazy as some of the shit i say is like personally i'm pretty conservative and and kind of quiet about my feelings so i would feel like if i was being vulnerable enough to get married in front of a group of people there's only going to be a few because i'm probably going to be a mess that yeah, you won't day. even let your friends come to your stand-up shows <laughs> for crying out loud yeah. i would like i guess as i want to quit crying on stage first let as, me get past that point okay <laughs> i want to get that on video as <laughs> as deep as i've put thought into it i i know i would like my wedding like my friends was the other day um to kind of be outdoors i mean now theirs was inside a, a pavilion but yeah. it was open on the sides and stuff like that but there was yeah. a roof and it was at a park you know and man for ohio like you could not have asked that for a, a better day. day it was a beautiful day the weather was just perfect but yeah i would like it to be outside you know i'm not religious um, so yeah, I, I don't I'm want not, not going to get married in a church i don't even think though i'd want to do it in a courthouse because Again, for all the shit I'm spouting off over here about tradition and yeah. ber ber stupid, you I feel like own? I feel like a courthouse for me would be a little 
going to the chapel <laughs> would be a little a little too unspectacular you know what i mean a little bit too dull like i want it to be nice and memorable yeah you know what i mean and dare i say pretty <laughs> but yeah you know you, I, you I, don't I'm, want it to be like a wah, I, I just wah. talk i just talk a lot of shit i could see myself partaking in you know all kinds of things that were clearly just tradition <laughs> and not saying a word oh no you know what i probably would say my 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 significant other would be like okay we're gonna you know do the whole smashing the cake in each other's face <laughs> which i saw pictures of my friends doing and i thought it was great and i'd be like okay i'll do this i think it's dumb but i'll do this now nah, that, that would probably be fun but just something like that you know right. I mean? there would be some tradition where i'd be like i'll go along with this but i'm gonna have my words <laughs> i mean having having your opinion and a little smart ass remark is kind of right up your alley it totally is if there's, <laughs> there's anybody out there reason. that feels like this is what they've been looking for in their life <laughs> hit me up <laughs> um yeah i don't know i think i probably would just i probably would do something relatively small similar and like i don't want it in a church i wouldn't want it anywhere i don't know if i'd have necessarily a, a ceremony quote unquote i probably would just want to have like a really nice party or get together and right. say something where we can say our vows in front of them and you, you know, couldn't you couldn't tell me you were cake. getting married i couldn't i would take out a billboard ad and put <laughs> open bar all are welcome just to just to get a huge crowd there and you'd oh. be like <gasps> Eyes would swell that would, up. That would be the day I'd snap. I'd be like, <laughs> Stuart, I don't want to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> Just break my heart. Break my whittle heart. I got one foot out the door, bro. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's definitely nice to see two people who, at least at the time, um, and hopefully for the rest of their time, um, are that in love that they're willing to commit to each other like that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not a beautiful thing. Hell, I was at the wedding yesterday um, crying, not bawling my eyes out, but I definitely had tears roll down my cheek. And uh, in one of the videos I posted to the ceremony, you can hear my constant sniffling, not because I was crying the whole time, but once I did tear up and my nose started running, you know, the tears eventually stopped, but the, the runny nose just would not go away. Allegedly. It, it sucked. Yeah. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Nobody can see my face in the video. So you only have my words to go by. So now there's I, that. I've, uh, it was a beautiful thing, you know, seeing, uh, seeing my friends, you know, the, the way they looked at each other, the mm -hmm. words, the vows they wrote for each other and, you know, everything else. It's just, it was beautiful. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't. Yeah. I'm pretty cynical and jaded a lot of the time, but whenever I, whenever I've been to weddings and you just see the, the bride and the groom and you can see that the love is real there, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't necessarily believe it so much and you're like, really you too? Really? Right. But whenever you see it and you know, it's real, it does. It's it makes you the cold, dead heart beat a little bit, and you you're feel like, it maybe it's real. Down in the plums. <laughs> Down in my plums. Um, yeah, it makes makes you just be like, maybe it's real. Maybe yeah. I could find I love mean, we someday. All, yeah, we all want that hope at least, right? Yeah. It's it's nice to it, hope for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes, sometimes having that hope, and a lot of people don't ever find that, and it leads to despair. So that. You know, the other side of that is, is quite sad, quite tragic. I think that's why you have to focus on really just liking yourself for who you are and being okay with waking up with just yourself every day. Yeah. Well, I have I have heard a good argument that like, you know, waiting until you are completely okay with yourself, you know, is kind of um, crap. Right. I guess because I mean, you're never you're gonna never going to be perfect, right? You, you, obviously, you don't want to try to be with somebody when you hate yourself and can't stand yourself. You're constantly going to be looking for um, uh, them to reaffirm your worth, and that's going to get that's going to wear them down. Yeah. Arguably. But, um, so that's why you want to be in a good headspace. You know, to where... Yeah, you don't need to be Tony Robbins in order to have a successful relationship. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, though, part of what because if I just went to any old wedding, which I've only been to, I think, two that I can remember. And the last one before my friends the other day was my sister's wedding. And that was a number of years ago now. 
Um, I don't remember what year because it wasn't my wedding, so it's not something I locked into my memory banks. But um, I've been to quite a few weddings. When the people that are participating, the people whose wedding it is, are people that are close to me and mean something. I mean, that was that was most of it too. Like if I had just been like an acquaintance and somehow got invited to yeah. a wedding to somebody I barely knew. I'd have been like, oh, this is beautiful. But to be moved the way I was had a lot to do with who the people getting married were to me and what yeah. they mean to me. So, you know, I mean, um, he has been like a brother to me um, for years. And uh, I've known her the entire time that they've been together, obviously, because I knew him well before that. And that has been... was. I want to say seven years. We were in a band together. He wasn't in the band that I played in that we did shows with and, and everything else uh, Mm -hmm. downside. He wasn't in that band. I met him when I was in that band because he knew our lead guitarist. um, And that's how I met this friend of mine. So way back. Yeah. So I was probably 18, 18 or 19. And, um, those ones seem to get tend to get you in the feels because when you love somebody for that long, when they've been your that close for that long, you want to just see them happy. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, they're so happy. Yeah, and <laughs> and her, I don't know her before you know getting with him, um, but what I've learned, you know, she didn't have the smoothest life growing yeah. up. Um, far from it, uh, unfortunately, um, has been through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And you can see it in her, her eyes, the way she looks at him, the way she talks about him and to him that he is somebody who can bring her out of that, um, quote unquote darkness, you know, can bring her, you know, it's that balance back around when she feels lost. And, um, she's an amazing person. I mean, I love her to death. So to know that she found somebody like that and that person is my dude. Right. I'm just, I'm tickled pink. No, that's you know? great. Yeah. It's like I said, it's that balance is you never really know who the other person is, but it's like, I, I've heard a lot of people say you just know it when you know it. Yeah. And to me, it's one of those, like, I've thought it. But I didn't know it. But yeah, here's the thing with that, right? You know it when you know it. Like, I've thought I've known it. <laughs> I know, right? A bunch of times. But see, you've thought you've known it. And I've, so much. I've never thought that I knew it. But I was wrong. <laughs> so obviously, my thoughts meant See, to me, to me, I'm like, well, if I've gotten this far so far and I haven't felt like I've known it yet, maybe whenever I know it, <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, and it's just on it. marriage. It's just on marriage. Like I've been in relationships where I'm like, no, I know this is the person I'm supposed to be with. But it's like I almost knew they were the person that I was supposed to be with right then. Like for this point, in, yeah, like this at this point in my, in my life, life, this is who I'm supposed now, to be. Now, did you know it at the time, or was it something you realized it like was, in hindsight? It was weird because I've never been in a relationship where I was like, I'm going to get married to this person. Right. But it's like I wanted to be I've with done them that twice. It's like, but I wanted to be with them. So, and I think, because that's the thing that happens a lot too, that stereotype of women reminding dudes over and over, like, when are you going to marry me? When are you going to marry me? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a woman who knows that that's the man she wants to marry. Right. I've never been that girl. <laughs> not right. once have I been like, so or, when are you going to marry Or I guess me? there's maybe external, I mean, it's not impossible that there are just like external forces pressuring her, right. um, be they uh, conscious or uh, subconscious forces that are maybe. pressuring her to feel like, you know. I have to get married. You know, I'm sure a lot goes into play there. Part um, being what you had mentioned earlier about, you know, the biological clock ticking right. and it's like, I got to get well, married. Maybe it's, these, maybe it's the same thing where you gotta thought, make these babies. you thought you knew that that was the person. Maybe they thought they knew that that was the person. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to dissect. Um, other people's totally, brains. Yeah, yeah. totally um, dissect it's other people's brains, personalities, and everything <laughs> like that. And uh, we, we are not experts on any of these topics, no, clearly. Even a little uh, bit. We're just two regular people talking... Bullshit. Bunch of shit. Um, we're just bitter. Cause <laughs> I'm <laughs> sad and alone now. Nobody wants to marry <laughs> us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. 
You know, if a girl, if a girl's ever like, we should get married to me, I'm going to be like, how many goats does your family have? (laughs) What kind of land acquisition are we talking here? What that, kind of goats? Are they tiny goats? Are they fainting the day, goats? That was the day she walked out of my life forever. <laughs> Saying, fuck your goats. Oh, man. <laughs> I I can't be easy to deal with. I cannot. I, I do not understand how anybody has ever put up with me. <laughs> I really don't. Like, kudos to all of you people, past, present, and future. <laughs> I don't know. I, see, I don't know. I, I feel the same way about me, so... It's, uh, I don't know. And now we've got, um, now we live in a, in a day and age and it's, it's amazing to me, um, that things like this have taken so long to be recognized in a country that talks about inalienable rights and all men, um, being created equal. I think the key word there is men, yeah. um, where we had to fight literally a war to end the institution of slavery, um, where, those um, people, African-Americans and, and other minorities throughout history have had to fight constantly to be treated equally, you know, under the law and in society. And women had to fight uh, for their rights to vote. And then and their party and <laughs> you got to fight, you know, and women are still fighting for their, their right to equal pay to men. And, you know, there are still just countless marginalized groups, um, both, you know, minorities as far as like people of color. And then we've got the whole LGBTQ community. I, Is aster- it I? There's no LGBTQIA. And I think there's like an asterisk. I see a, I see it written a lot of different ways. And they're and taking I, over the alphabet. The gay agenda is they're taking the alphabet. Is that that was their their um, quest all along? Yeah. Like we will own the alphabet. Yeah. No, I have. You wanted um, Sesame Street. I'm taking the bitch back. Like <laughs> I have gay. I have um, several gay friends. Um, I have gay family members. One of them is a drag queen. Um, I love them all dearly. Uh, yeah. I have no issue. Um, with anybody who wants to live their life in any way that doesn't harm another person. And I'm not one of those people who thinks that you just choose to be gay or even you choose to feel like a a man when you're biologically a woman or you feel like a a woman when you're biologically a man. Like I I don't think people pick their feelings. No, I totally accept that there is things at play there that are not in people's control yeah. like that's being, just the way you were being a person personally that has never really had control over feelings <laughs> like you know sometimes feelings kind of run the roster um to to think that people get to pick and choose those is always funny and and the way that i have always i've loved it characterized in this way it's like when people say that you choose to be gay or straight, and I, it's always like, when did you choose to be straight? Right. Like, you didn't choose to be straight. You just knew, I like girls. Yeah. I like I'm kissing girls. Or to... I like boys. I like kissing boys. Uh, yeah, I'm just attracted, like me, I'm just attracted to females. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but like your lip, you were worried about kissing girls. Yeah, that's all I was worried about <laughs> um, when I got that scar. But so, um, sorry, continue. But yeah, it's just, it's amazing to me. Like, I'm so, I was so thrilled thrilled the day um, same-sex marriage was legalized in this country, but at the same time, just bewildered that in this day and age, we had just reached that. Like, are you serious? We're a country that is almost 300 years old, and we are still fighting to live up to the words of our founding documents that we're all equal and we all are born with certain inalienable rights like life, liberty, and And the the pursuit pursuit of of happiness. happiness. And yet people's pursuit of happiness is so often stymed by the system because it's it's subjective. It's personal. It just kills me, man. Yeah. You get to pick your pursuit of happiness. I get to pick my pursuit of happiness. You know, the only people who ever and always had all the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this country were white, 
male landowners. Yeah. That's just a fucking fact, man. Don't I'm sorry. say it. You're going to trigger them, Stuart. I know you're one of them. <laughs> I mean, but don't trigger your people. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, look, I'm not Wait, saying. Wait, you don't own land. Fuck that. No, no I don't right. own any fucking dude. land. Hell, I don't even have an apartment. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying anybody today should feel ashamed of themselves Never. because they're white, male, or or anything, really. But, but like historically speaking, look. those were the people who had the power in yeah. this country. It wasn't minorities. It wasn't women. It certainly wasn't a gay minority woman. Whew, you were really in trouble then. But, you know, it we... We're, we we prop ourselves up, right, as a society, especially in the developed world, especially in the United States, of being so advanced and so modern and so everything, you know, we're the greatest and here. And we have and, so many barbaric traditions that are continuing And it, it goes go. back to traditions. Gay people can't get married because that's not traditional marriage. Yep. Um, you know, at one point it was blacks and whites can't, you know... Um, and, get in relationships because that's not tradition. And, and some people have just, changed the word tradition to mean right. Yeah. If yeah. it's not traditional, it's, it's not it's right. It's wrong. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, it's not my tradition. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I did, um, did want to point out, I was looking here at uh, some marriage information relating to the effects of divorce on children. Because, interesting fact... I'm a child of divorce. My parents got divorced when I was like two. Dad was in and out, you know, the family a lot. So uh, pretty much strictly raised by my mother. Um, and you have the opposite. My parents got separated for a while. Um, there was a lot of talk about divorce, but it never happened. Yeah. But they lived apart for about a year, I think. And they've been married how long? Um, 42 years, 43 years, something like that. How old were you when they split up? Oh, God. Um, I want to say between the ages of 8 and 10. 8 and 10? Yeah, I can remember going over to my dad's place when he had his own place and spending some time over there and it was the dullest experience <laughs> Because ever. your mom is the lively one. Yeah, but even back then, you know, I couldn't get away with the shit I do now with my mom. The You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I was a kid, if I dropped an F-bomb, she'd fucking smack the shit out of me. Yeah. I'm backhanded a couple of times. I deserved it probably. Um But what was it like for you growing up? Um well Well mostly, you know, raised by a single mother, have an older brother and a younger brother. Um older brother is half, so he would usually go uh over summers and spend time with his dad on home most of the rest of the time and um my dad was very in and out like he He'd be around for, you know, six weeks or a year, and then he'd be gone for six months or two, three, four years. Um, so it was always very inconsistent, um, and that was just kind of what I was used to, the inconsistency. But I was, uh, I was sitting here browsing over just different effects of divorce on kids, you know, whose parents got divorced. And it's kind of funny. I'm looking over it and I was like, oh, a few of these things definitely match up with <laughs> some of my issues. This couldn't have anything to do with oh, it. Oh, maybe we can understand Megan a little bit more here. <laughs> but it's talking about trust in relationships, hesitancy towards marriage, acceptance of divorce. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, young women from divorced families will feel a need for love and attention and yet fear abandonment. They will also be prone to both desire and anxiety, which, yeah, I can definitely see that. I've, I have said before that I have a fear of abandonment, but it just drives me to be nice to everybody all the time. <laughs> so it's like, maybe it's a problem, but I'm also just a nice person because of it. So you're not nice to me all the time. I don't have to be nice to you all the time. God, because I'm your muse. My flame, my muse. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> so see, I get to abuse you a little bit because you like me so much. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I mean, I guess a, a fairly normal, at least by, you know, outside appearances. I grew up in a middle class uh, suburban, suburbia family. Um, both my parents worked my whole life. 
Uh, well, they're both retired now, but um, they worked up until retirement age. And, uh, you know, one sibling, my sister, who's uh, five years older than I am, and um, we had a house, at least for most of my life growing up. I mean, I lived in the same house for, I was a late bloomer. I don't, I don't think I finally moved out for good till, I think I was out and back a couple of times and was finally gone for good at like 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. So later than some and maybe earlier than others, but yeah, in that same house. And then they got rid of that house and uh, went to um, a couple different, uh, what do you call them? Like duplexes, yeah. doubles or whatever. Where it's like, stuff? Well, no, where it's like a house, but oh, it's split like into two style. sides. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a couple yeah, of yeah. those. And then there were some apartments and now they're in not a retirement home, but a like a, a senior community. Yeah. You know, there's no nurses like running around there. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a really nice place, yeah. um, really nice community too. The people that live down there are great. Um, I love going down there and talking with them and, and everything else. But um, yeah, and I yeah, it was. I, had, I mean, we had our our problems, no doubt, but um, by and large, it was a pretty pretty traditional, pretty standard, sounding. pretty standard <laughs> upbringing, I guess. Yeah, I um, when the first few years, like I don't really remember, but I know you know they my mom had moved around and stuff. Um, and when I was like three is whenever we moved to Pataskala. So from three to 13, we lived in an apartment and it was like a government subsidized, uh, place. So lived there for 10 years and then we moved out to Newark and got a house and then there was more financial issues. My father definitely, you know, he was a great guy. (laughs) Um, didn't help in that situation. So it was always kind of like a tumultuous, we had a house, but it was always just kind of like a, eh, not the best situation. Um, and then I moved out at 18 and I've, I've lived on my own since then. And just yeah, you're a pretty independent person. Yeah. I mean, as long as I've known you, like, uh, I give you mad respect for that. Uh, yeah. you're pretty hardworking and, uh, you do what needs to be done. I, um, I would, I would say that's the, another effect of, uh, having parents like weird parent things happening affects kids divorce obviously being one of them right but, like the instability like it sounds like you had a very structured and relatively stable house relatively yeah my instability and uh you know that kind of situation caused me to almost overcompensate. So it's like I went further and it's like I had to be extra. That's why I was always, you know, I never did the drugs when I was a kid. I never got drunk. I wasn't good in school, but um, I was always relatively responsible and well-behaved. Right. And so it was like I moved out at 18. I got a job and I worked my ass off and I've worked since then. And I've worked two jobs at a time and always very much like I'm taking care of myself and my own security kind of right. person. Yeah. I definitely don't want to paint like a false image. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and get into my family history, uh, not because I'm um, secretive about it, uh, right. just because I don't want to bore everybody and waste a bunch of your time. Um, definitely didn't have that picture perfect, far from it, American right, family. Right. But as far as like I had two parents that were married, grew up in a house and, you know, parents both worked and everything. I was a demon child for most of my childhood. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. But um, but yeah, by and large, compared to some situations other people have grown up in, um, it was relatively stable, you know, and I guess had at least a sense of normalcy if you were looking from the outside maybe maybe not there were police at my house a lot because me and my <laughs> sister would fight or me and my parents would. Get oh that's right you have told me some stories about oh yeah yeah getting rough and tumble yeah, yeah. Me and my <laughs> sister it's amazing we we never killed one another to be honest but um i got some stories about that but yeah um i don't know if i ever do get married um i don't know that i want a family you know what i mean i um yeah, that's kind I've of never, the line I'm at too. Is I've like, never felt like I, I definitely have never wanted my own kids. Um, I didn't want them when I was a teenager. Um, people, oh, when you get older, you'll change. And I was in my 20s. I still don't want them. And now I'm in my mid 30s, soon enough be in my late 30s. And I still don't, I still feel the same way today that I did when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Will I date a girl with kids? Yeah, I would date a girl. And I have dated girls with kids. Um, I'm not against that. I just don't want my own children like right. i don't want to have even though i'm 
obviously not the one who would have the kids. Right. I don't want my own kids. You I've don't never want your blood in a spawn? Yeah, I've never had, like, I'm not concerned with carrying all my family name. In fact, I think there's somebody else with the last name in the family, my dad's cousin or something like that, or nephew or something. Um, Even if there wasn't, I'm sorry if it, you know, comes off as shitty to some people. It's just never been a concern of mine to carry on the family name. Um, I don't really care if my DNA dies with me. It it doesn't bother me (laughs) at all. You're like, you know what? It's mine. I'm taking it with me. The only thing I have thought about, I will be completely honest here, is one, I'm old. Who will come visit me? Who will who will take care of me? I guess the state or nobody, and I'll be in a gutter. Unfortunately, I do think that is a reason a lot of people have kids. I don't think it's a good reason, though. I don't think it's a good reason either, but I do think that that is a reason why people have kids. Yeah, it probably is. At least some people. You know what I mean? Um, It's kind of... I don't want to know. I don't want to say it's selfish so much. I mean, you're just kind of no. maybe a concern, but yeah, it's not, it's not a good reason for me to have kids. Yeah. And I've, um, yeah. Cause I, I never wanted kids up until I hit 30 and then 30 was like, well, maybe this is negotiable. <laughs> so it, then it turned into, if I found a dude who I thought would be awesome as an actual father and would be a hard worker and actually be a partner to raise a kid and not just be a dude who's like, yeah, I fucked you and I gave you the kid. Now I'm just going to go do my thing. You know, then maybe it'd be something that I'd look into, but it's never been something that I've again, desired or driven my, my life towards with any sort of expectation or anticipation. Who knows what the future will bring for us. I know. I think we've probably, pissed off and bored enough people with this talking about marriage as and divorce it is. yeah and all of that fun stuff we'll go ahead and call it quits for this episode of another smart ass perspective we appreciate you listening we will definitely be back next week with more things to get under your skin about <laughs>